Support for today's episode comes from Dame Products, a sexual wellness brand set on design forward community-based pleasure education. And what I love about this brand, it's on a mission to help close the pleasure gap for people with vulvas. And as a Boonie Breakdown listener, you can receive 10% off your purchase by using the code Boonie10. That's Boonie, all capital letters, one zero. Details on how to purchase can be found in the show notes and on the BooniBreakdown.com. Hey y'all, it's your girl Boonie, and you're listening to the Boonie Breakdown Podcast, your source for all things responsible and ratchet. All right, welcome to episode 207 of the Boonie Breakdown Podcast. You all know, every week I think I say I'm excited for this episode, but I love when I have guests on here who are authentic, who are living life on their own terms. And I think that is an understatement to say for our guest this week, Sahara Taylor. She's an author, media personality, and lifestyle relationship coach. Um, She helps others decide if non-monogamy is right for them. And how do they navigate consensual non-monogamy with their partners? What I also like about this conversation that we had, and she let me get up all in her business and she was so honest, but we have a conversation about her own sexual discovery journey. And y'all know I love bringing people um, on the podcast who were living life on their own terms. And I'm doing air quotes now, but that's not the normal lifestyle that we see presented to us. It's like the only option, right? And so you're going to love this conversation because she talks about how she took control of her sexuality and how she's now living freely and living her best life ever. So you want to stick around for that conversation. All right, let's hop into my pick of the week. My pick of the week this week is a um, documentary over on HBO Max called The Beauty of Blackness. Um, it is a really great documentary on the brand Fashion Fair Cosmetics. Now, we all know Fashion Fair, right? You remember back in the day, your grandmama the counter in the Macy's. Um, but it talks about um, its revival back. It's back in Sephora stores. But it was just a really good conversation about the Johnson brand and how they created Fashion Fair and what it means and watching the women who brought the brand and who are resurrecting it and bring it back to life. Um, one of my homies was in it. Uh, shout out to Crystal P. Um, and so it was great. So I hope you guys go on HBO Max and support that documentary. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Come back later, please. Housekeeping. Not now. All right. We're doing housekeeping. Feedback from episode uh, 206. He's a good man, Savannah, with the homie Sheikah. And we talk about um, a shit that hits different with the cultural classic Waiting to Exhale. It was so much feedback about this one. And it was very interesting to me when I asked and talked to Booney Tuesday like what character most of you identified with. And one that really stood out is I got one from a man and he said, I I, uh, identified most of Gloria's baby daddy. He was a bisexual man, but he has it from black women cause well. And so I do feel like that's a conversation I need to have on this podcast a little bit later, but that one was the most interesting one to me. It was a lot of um, mostly Savannah and Robin I felt like um, we're there as well. I also asked, because she and I, we hate to talk about Wesley being the finest man on Waiting to Exhale. And somebody said none of them were fine, but womp womp, they're lying. Um, somebody said the finest was Jeffrey. 
The sexiest was Gregory Hines. Um, a lot of Wesley's as I'm sc- scrolling, somebody said Wesley, then the Allstate man was the runner up. So <laughs> I'm glad that you guys agreed because I feel like for so long, the commentary about the finest man in wait and exhale was always centered around Russell, who was played by Leon. But we overlook Mr. Snipes. Also, this week, if you're part of Patreon Gang or you've been meaning to join or you're looking for a good journaling event, we're hosting an event on Thursday, March 17th um, for our Patreon Gang at the appropriate levels. We will be having an event journaling for self-care hosted by, I believe she was episode 29 guest. So back, back, back in the day. Um, Gigi Renee Hill. So if you are looking for a session to talk about how you can lo- use journaling as a tool to help heal and grow, you'll want to support this episode. I mean, that event, not episode, but that event. So you can head on over to patreon.com backslash the Booney breakdown to join again, those at the six and $15 level are able to attend all of the live events. All right. So I hope that you can join us there. Oh, and before we wrap up, tomorrow is, well, if you're listening to this tomorrow, um, if you're listening to this on Monday, March 14th, then it is a holiday today. For that ratchet gang, there is a holiday today. So stick around after my conversation with Sahara for my charge for the holiday. And if you, this is your first time listening, welcome. I hope you stick around. You can find us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at The Boonie Breakdown. You can follow us over on Twitter, just at Boonie Breakdown. You can share this episode in your Insta story. You can text it in your group chat with your friends. You can do a lot of things with it. But when you share it, it helps us get new ears new eyes on our podcast. And so we greatly, greatly appreciate it. If you're on Patreon gang, you're watching this interview right now. And so I appreciate you guys um, over on Patreon gang. Again, if you share it, be sure to tag us. If your page is unlocked, we will respond. We will share it. I love seeing when you guys share when you're listening. And if you feel so inclined, you can head on over to the Apple podcast app. You can leave us a five star review. It's just very easy. Search the Booney Breakdown, select it, scroll down where it says write a review with those blank stars, hit those five stars, and that's it. You're done. So simple easy and it takes 20 seconds for you to do it to give us a five-star review so again let's get into this conversation and uh i'm gonna shut up now so let's get ready to break it down Hey guys, it's your girl Booney, and you guys know I live for my ratchet episodes here because I feel like that's what we learned the most. And so I want to welcome Sahar Taylor to the Booney Breakdown. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have to start like a lot of you listening or watching. This is probably your first time hearing about her, but she's fucking gorgeous. Your Thank body you. is amazing. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I try. <laughs> you try very well, sis. <laughs> hey, I got to keep it together. Nobody else going to. I have to keep it together. I love it. So how did you develop your love of self and the love of your body? Over time. You know, it wasn't like when I was 25, I was like, I fucking love myself. <laughs> you know, I'm everything. 
you know, it wasn't that it was, you know, going through a lot of the things that many women experience with love and relationships. And um, I got to the point where I really just wanted to discover what all this shit really is about. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you're told one thing and then you see something completely different. And I'm just talking about like in general terms, forget about what what a person says to you. Right. And so um, you know, I studied theology in my younger years. So it was always about understanding, yeah, understanding like the origin of things and why things are the way they are. And so when I really started to delve into this idea of monogamy and why so many people have so many issues with, you know, monogamous relationships, I was like, ah, <laughs> uh-huh. it makes sense. So with that, you know, coming to an understanding about that and then just kind of owning my sexuality. I was a tomboy when I was a kid. I didn't wear chap. No, I should say I did wear chapstick. I didn't wear lip gloss or <laughs> lipstick or tight fitting clothes. I was a boy. I literally, me and my sisters, we literally dressed up like TLC. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> For years, you know, my mom was like, I feel like I'm shopping for a bunch of boys, you know, high top sneakers, big baggy jeans. I think we were buying size 38. And you're Jeez. crazy. Ma'am, I got a 26 waist. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm smaller, right? But we're buying these huge pants, you know, covering our bodies. And then little by little, it was, you know, either maybe it was a comment that someone said to me, like, you know, your body is amazing. And I'm like, this whole thing. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so it started to really take me to really look at myself, to see myself in order for me to be myself. You understand? And so then once I started to see myself, oh, I fucking saw myself. And I I couldn't see it, right? So I couldn't see it. I'm like, oh, I really enjoy this. I enjoy being naked. I am my best self when I am nude. I love to be naked. I just do. I feel like people are their true selves when they're naked because they can't hide behind Gucci and Louis and they can't hide behind all that shit. You have to come as your true self. No Gucci belt or no, you know, Gucci sunglasses going to save you today. Right. Who are you? You know? And so I'm all I'm I'm all for the lack of this, you know, sending this representative to represent who we are, be who you are. And the more I uh, the more I accepted who I was, the more I didn't care if anyone accepted me. Mm. Understand? Like this judgment thing. Oh, they don't like the way you do your hair. They don't like, you know, your shorts are too short. Your shirt is too short. You're this, you're this, you're that, you're that. And it's like, I can do whatever I want to do. Right. And then a lot of people can truly say that they feel that way. Right. Like it's really a bold statement to hear someone say, I can do what I want to do. It's like you say it, but most people don't do it. You're right. You're right. And and that's what I want to change, especially with women and in particularly women of color, because we are the ones who are told that we are unattractive or not as attractive or less than. Right. But we are every fucking thing. Everything. So 
everything. And so if you don't believe that about yourself, no matter your height, no matter your weight, if you don't believe that about yourself, no one else is going to believe that shit. You have to believe that about yourself every day. When you look in the mirror, you have to say that I am everything. I'm everything. Look, I think somebody needs to go ahead and write that on your mirror. Cause I do that. Like I have in my bathroom, I have up like a little board with affirmations because while I'm brushing my teeth, I'll be like, <laughs> right. Yes, I'm everything. <laughs> <laughs> why are you in that mirror every morning? Go ahead and soak it in. So right. you, can't, you love being in the nude. I was, I know you are a nudist. I am. I've had on here, this is a while ago, but I had the black nudist association president on. And I think the nudist um, community, I think it's such a, I think it's such an interesting concept for people because they can't separate um, sexual acts away from nudity, right? Like just living and being in the nude. And that was the biggest takeaway from my conversation with her was just like, I'm like, I don't understand how I'm supposed to go on a retreat. (laughs) This was years ago when I'm talking to her, like, and sit right. here and play backgammon and not be aroused, right? Like, they're like, she's like, I'm telling you, the more you practice, it doesn't become about that. It's just really about being comfortable in your body. And so exactly. with your but journey- But not around them either now. <laughs> <laughs> seeing some shit you like and wanting it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's cool either way. You can be nude and it can be, you know- asexual or you could be nude and it could be phallosexual yeah. you know what I'm saying and you know I like it all so I usually wear I mean this right here I just I wasn't sure you know how you were going to present this so typically I would have one like a little see-through bodysuit but I wanted you to be able to post it I didn't <laughs> want your post to be able to stop so I I have kind of even though I don't care about necessarily what people think I know that in order to push your message, sometimes mm-hmm. you have to give in a little, right? And so I've kind of done that on my social media profiles, kind of like backed away from the, you know, um, overt nudity, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And just kind of, you know, I, I do like subtle nudity and then, you know, check me out, you know, go to my website, buy my book, whatever the case may be. But um. Yeah, you have, like a favorite like activity you do in the nude, or you just like to always be in the nude. Like that is your preferred choice. You know, it's my favorite activity while nude. (laughs) I'm not gonna say it's going to the fucking gym. (laughs) I I prefer to have sex when I'm naked. All right, there we go. But, I mean, you know, it's the first thing I do when I come into the home. I remove everything. I sleep naked. I walk around here naked. I sit here and work naked. It's just, you know, in my window, you can't see it. But literally, it, like, looks over the pool and people can see. I don't care. I'm in my own home. If you don't want to see me naked, then don't look in my window. (laughs) There we go. But... But I mean, you know, it's not just about, you know, loving your body. It's also owning your sexuality. Right. And I think that, you know, we are, you know, told that, you know, sex is taboo and that 
you know, we shouldn't talk about it. We shouldn't be about it. And, you know, especially as black women, we we're hypersexualized in certain instances, but then when you, you know, grab hold of your sexual reins and you're like, I am here and present yourself that way. They're like, Oh, you're a hut. You're a slow, you're a tramp. You're Whoa. loose. So all these <laughs> things. Right. But wait a minute. You just had me on there popping my booty and all that shit in your videos, but that I was fine. I can't be out here sucking dick and, you know, having sex with couples and whatever the case may be. I mean, it's, you know, you can do whatever it is that you choose to do. And I just happen to be, you know, a person who is open enough to verbalize those things. Like I am the voice now, you know, and I, and I want to be that voice for those women who feel the way I feel, but they can't express it for whatever reason. Well, for the woman who is listening to this right now and who's like, oh my God, like I'm loving everything she's saying, but I just, I don't know where to start. Like, I don't know how to take ownership of my sexuality and, and speak up and voice the things like they still fucking faking orgasms in bed. Right. Like, what do you say? That is my sole mission is to stop these women from guessing me, <laughs> guessing people up in bed. Why? Sorry, you're doing a bad job. I'm sorry. It's not working for me up in here. Not at all. But like, what do you say to that woman who like wants to be, who wants to get started, but it's still, they stuck? Well, first, I am a lifestyle relationship coach. I actually coach uh, men and women, whether they're single or in couples or polyform relationships on how to own their sexuality, right? Um, You know, it's, it starts off with an understanding, you know, read a book, read my book, you know, let me fuck your husband, uh, healing black relationships through consensual non-monogamy is my memoir and how I found and accepted my sexuality. And then, you know, entered into the uh, world of non-monogamy. And once I embraced it, I found my true self in that space. So it's about, Having understanding who and what you are, right? And not being afraid to be that person. Because it's not that people don't really know what they want. It's the fear of if I say what I want, are people going to judge me for it? Um, Is a man going to still want me tomorrow if I tell him that I want another man in my bed with him? Or is it, you know, what, what is the judgment? Uh, people, and not just women, men too, men are also afraid of being judged. And I think that that's the reason why we are, you know, so poorly represented in the lifestyle or non-monogamous community. Um, There are plenty of uh, Black men who actually enjoy sharing their women with other men. Um, They're not going to talk about that, though. Not with certain assurances. Hmm? Yeah, I was like, they can't talk about that because then oh, no. Be like, no, because other the, the, the guys will be like, what? What's talking about? The white folks do this shit all the time. They don't care. I'm like, yeah, my wife is wild. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> like, you know, it's 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 a source of liberation for them. But for mm-hmm. us, it's like judgment and scrutiny. You let another man fuck your wife. Like, but when like, I tell you when I go to somebody's like, event. It's not happening. <laughs> no, ma'am, it's happening. It's happening. It's 
so happening. And so funny because when I initially wrote my book, um, I'm actually now doing a rebranding of it because it's too difficult to push a book called Let Me Fuck Your Husband, apparently. Um, so the new book is going to be called Fuck Monogamy. So it's going to be mostly Let Me Fuck Your Husband, but a lot more <laughs> understanding because I've I've evolved since I wrote that book last year. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, and I've learned more and I've become more immersed in the lifestyle communities in other cities. And I'm like, I was wrong. You know, like I was wrong. I thought that black men wasn't with the shits. Oh, they with the shit shits. You know what I'm what saying? Do you go to where you see that, that free black man. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, uh, when it comes to the uh, Black population within lifestyle, most of the things that I go to, they're private. They're, you know, yeah. in people's homes. Gotcha. You know, they're, you know, we go on trips and we, you know, bring the party with this kind of thing, you know. Gotcha. Um, but there are places. I mean, there's a place here in Atlanta called Trapeze. Um, and trust me, they're getting down. If you go on the right night, you can be pleasantly surprised <laughs> about what you'll find if that's what you're looking for. Right. So there are places. Um, and that's actually one of the other things that I'm really going to focus on this year is finding the many different events that cater to the black experience, because there are plenty of, you know, lifestyle. And when I say lifestyle for people who don't know, that's, people who do not have the traditional uh, monogamous relationship, right? So they seek sex and emotional connections with other people in a variety of ways, right? And that's, that's a huge conversation. But um, anybody that, you know, that's under that umbrella would fall into the lifestyle category. Um, and so um, there are plenty of cruise cruises and uh, hotel takeovers that white folks have all the time. And mm-hmm. it's not that black folks aren't invited. You can buy a ticket. But when we buy a ticket, we're like a little, little you know, black dot in the cream of wheat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what is that? What is that doing there? Right. And so um, then so if, if that happens to be the time that you go in your mind, you're thinking this shit's not for us. This is white people's shit. Mm-hmm. But it's not. This is our I will, shit. I will say that in the space as I've interviewed and talked to people and learned more about these lifestyles that I'm seeing more of it's the point where I tell people, I was talking to my best friend earlier today where I was like, people be thinking they freaks. And the more I talk to people, most people are having basic ass vanilla ass. Type. Y'all regular as fuck. Yeah, like, <laughs> This shit is regular. And so I'm looking at stuff where I'm like, hmm. And so I've been seeing more play weekends, more play dates where they're geared and centric towards Black people because I know people. And I will say that one time I went to a sex club, I think that's what turned me off was that I was like, oh, it's all these white people. Like, right. (laughs) You went on a a wrong night. You went on a wrong night. And so it's it's cool watching that space develop. And I won't say be mainstream, but people are trying to say, hey, there are people who are into different things. We're about people. this life, too. Yeah. We are definitely about this life, too. And I'm here for it. <laughs> you know, and, and that's that's the statement that I'm trying to make or that I'm making is that we don't have to do this shit in private. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? New beaches don't have to be full of old white folks. They don't have to be. 
It's a new beach. If you want to be new, go to the new beach. To the Black beach. people always say, oh, every time I go, there's nothing but a bunch of naked, horny white folks. That's because Black folks don't go. <laughs> you're, you're permitted to walk on that beach just like they are. They just go. You don't go. So yeah. if we if if we had if we actually created a presence and we and we actually committed ourselves to changing and and making the lifestyle more diverse, it would be like everything else that we tiptoe ourselves into: sports, music, college, whatever. Anything yeah. we tiptoe in, or anything you know, used to be for white folks. Once we, we start to get on the feet, sweat, that shit becomes ours. Yeah, we you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the thing is, the white folks, they want us to be there. Mm. They can't wait to get their hands on some chocolate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> they can't wait. But it's us. We're just so, we're so concerned about what the church is going to say, what my mom's going to say, what the neighbor's going to say, not knowing that the pastor is actually having a play party tonight. Okay? Ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> man don't do it yeah. right you don't know what you don't know but if you live your life according to how you think other people are living their lives then you're just you're doing yourself a disservice live your life according to how you want to live your life and if people don't like it it sucks to be them but it. you're going to be happy because ain't none of these people paying your bills and yeah. these people care about whether you're happy or not these people don't care about you so live your best life they do not care. I love no. that you you shared how you took control. Like it, this is your life. I told you I was going to talk about this before we got on, but in your Insta story, you had shared your sexual discovery, and it was like a list of ages of when you did these first sexual things. And this is what I'm saying when I'm saying people want that everyone's having just basic vanilla ass sex. When you hear some of the things that she's done, you're gonna be like. I ain't done. Run it down, sis. Run it down. You might have got to two of them and then you tapped out, right? <laughs> you so, like, oh no, what the fuck? Because <laughs> then I, I got questions myself about two of them because I got a curiosity myself. But okay. So you, oh, yeah, you should have seen you should have seen my DMs. My DMs were like, what is this? And what is that? I'm like, get the book. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I see what it is. Okay. So you said you had your first woman at age 25. Your first threesome, so that's a guy, two girls at 30. Your first orgy at 34. Your first open relationship at 40. Your first full swap, age 41. We pin in that one. First, <laughs> <laughs> first sex party, 42. First double penetration, 42. We pin in that one too. First unicorn experience, 42. First pussy party, 43. And your first gangbang, 45, we're putting a pin in that one too. And you said, and I'm just getting started. So this just is what I'm saying, people like, y'all ain't done this. And so my first question was double penetration. <laughs> okay. My favorite. Is it? Because I know people got so up in arms about AJ Johnson saying she had 
a threesome with two men men on her 50th birthday and i'm like that shit sound dope as fuck right and, and they so- started saying she had a train run on her and i've i've even had people in my dm saying a train is a train if the men aren't having sex with, with one another then it's a train call it what you want to call it at the end of the day the woman had the best sexual experience of her life that's what she said it doesn't then- matter call it what you, who cares what it's called so for double penetration like how did you feel? Because, like, in my mind, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that would actually be kind of cool to do. But it's like, I don't know. Not to say I can't, but I don't know when that experience would present itself, right? And so it was it was nice, I think, enlightening for me to see that that happened at 42 because I'm 37. And so you think about all this stuff. It's like, oh, this stuff you do when you're young and crazy, right? I wish it had happened younger. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had sexual discovery when I was younger and tried more things when I was younger, right? Yeah. But again, I was like every other woman, just afraid to express how I really felt inside sexually. What I would do instead is just complain. That's mm-hmm. not enough. You're not fucking me enough. It's not enough. I need more. I need more. And I've been called nympho and a maniac, a sex maniac, and, you know, a serial monogamist and all these things, right? Um, But for me, the DP, like, I love anal penetration from anything, anything from a tongue to a penis. Let's show up. Yeah, right. This feels good in there. So so for me, so for me, um, desiring that, was always there. Once I started, once the, the first time I had anal sex, I think I should have, I didn't put that. That wasn't on my list, was it? Oh, that, that don't even See, I, gotta, I, gotta update, I gotta update that list. That list is lacking. That list is lacking. Okay, I so, the first anal experience too. And I also remember the first time I squirted from anal and I was, my mm-hmm. mind was blown, right? So yeah, that should feel good. Yeah. So my first anal experience, uh, I kind of do things by who the person was. So I guess I was about 20, 26. Okay. Probably around 25, 26. The first time I had like anal, anal, not just some fingers. I always enjoyed the fingers when you eat my pussy, all that, put your finger when you fucking me, put your fingers in my ass, all that. But like when a man like actually like put his dick inside my, my bowl, it was like, Sir, I mean, Mrs. Mabalasses, do that shit again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So many women, they do not get it. I'm, t- I'm like, I'm telling they don't. you that if with the right person who will listen to you, a good stroke and lube, that shit is listen, bomb. Listen, lube, lube, and relaxation is the key. Because once, once it's in there, it's in it's there. Over. It's over. Listen. It's over, ma'am. It's I mean, over. I be trying to tell people like you just got to be relaxed. I'm getting high. It's just me up in here. I'm getting... <laughs> you got to be relaxed and have lube. And once that's it, you fine. That's it. And so, so once that became something that I desired and desired on a consistent basis, you know, then it was like, oh my god, I wonder what it'll be like to have, you know, one in my pussy and one in my asshole. Oh my god, that will be so for years. You know, I fantasized about it. You know, when I would masturbate, I would include two men in that. You know, like, oh, him and him. Oh, yeah, 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 right? And then um, 
that year was about to think my 43rd birthday. I threw um, my first sex party and I invited like seven other people over. So it was even four women and four men. And, you know, we all got the fucking, you know, had some good food cooked up, played some games and fucked. And then that next morning, while having sex with one of the men, uh, one of the other guys heard, came out, was smoking a little something, you know, and I'm like, climb on top. So I'm riding the guy. I'm riding him. And so I'm like, climb on top. And he's like, bet, puts on a condom. And I'm like, bend over. I'm like, squeeze this in there. So I like it when they take the lube and actually squeeze it into my asshole, right? So I hold my, my butt cheeks open and get it open. And they put it up to the tip and squeeze the lube inside of there. Listen, he couldn't even, he couldn't even tolerate it. He was the first one to come. He slid that condom on and hopped on my motherfucking back. Boy, oh boy. Man, that shit was, it was, it was absolutely amazing. He came in, you know, probably like two, three minutes. He was done. You know, not too many, not too many women allow men to, to fuck them in their ass. You know what I'm saying? And so for him, it was the great, and him being so turned on, turned me on. And it was, you know, all of us, all of us, splash, 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 motherfucking splash. It was amazing. So dope. Like, so now when I'm at these parties, I'm like, who's trying DP? <laughs> like, who, I need two players. <laughs> who is it going to be? That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was this one. Okay. You did a full swap. So for people who are listening and may not know, because when I was talking about this to somebody else, they didn't know what it was and I had to explain it. Can you explain what a full swap was and how did that go? Was that another initiation at a sex party where it just so happened or was it a planned thing? Yeah. So when, when people are at say a sex party or a set is kind of what we call it. Um, you don't have to be married or in a relationship with the partner that you're with, but you, if you show up with a partner um, and then there's another couple, regardless of the relationship and the two of you swap partners, meaning I'm having sex with the man and my guy is having sex with the woman, penetrative sex. That is a full swap. Soft swap would be, you know, he can eat her pussy or she can suck his dick, but there's no penetration. Mm-hmm. So, so once penetration happens, that's when the full comes into effect. And that's a, considered a full swap. And so that tends to happen with couples who are open. I shouldn't say just couples, but w- the couples where the man is open to another man fucking his woman, mm-hmm. which isn't always the case. Gotcha. Unfortunately. And then you did a gangbang at 45. And you had five eggplants. So I'm imagining it was five eggs in the room. You said you had five eggplants, ma'am. <laughs> the dick plant. Yeah, I was like, managing five penises just seems like a lot of work. Oh, it's work. Yeah, it's like, work with benefits. <laughs> it's like it's like your full-time job you know what i'm saying your part-time job you get like no real benefits your full-time job you're getting full benefits that's what it is especially when all the men can get hard and all the men can fuck oh and so 
you know, it, it may have been more than five, but, you know, I was kind of like in the zone and don't really remember, but I was on a, on a pool table and I'm doing a round robin, taking turns, round robin on the pool table. I'm just going around and around and around. They suck it. I'm stuck in they fucking boom, 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 boom. Like that's some impressive ass shit, you know? So it's like when you, when you went to the next penis, was it already in a condom or were they having to like, I'm, I just think. Oh yeah. Everybody's already, they're they're either ready or if I'm sucking you off and I'm fucking this other one, when it's your turn, put that condom on and I'm going to turn around and I'm going to start taking care of the next person to get the next person ready. And if that person is slow to, to, to move, then it's on to the next person and then it's on to the next person. Right. And then I'll come back around, especially for somebody that I really want. I'll what? come back around like, you ready? <laughs> <laughs> like, nigga, you ready or what? <laughs> yeah, like, you know I think that would be so much pressure. Like, I love it. I love sex energy. Okay. You said you love the sex energy. When you're doing this, are you at all worried about their pleasure or when you're in these experiences? Is it just like, I'm, I'm just so euphoric and I just want, like, I want my pleasure that it's not as daunting because you're worried about self-pleasure, not so much the partner. Um, it varies. It depends. Like they're not, it's not always the same. Okay. It's not always the same people. I mean, I do it uh, quite a bit. So it's not always the same people. Um, excuse me. Um, but oftentimes it's probably more, more about my pleasure. You know, if you can get your fuck on and come, you know, and so I can move on to the next person, then great. But I'm going to come a couple of times. So after I, I come to at the most three, then I'm like, I, I lose the, um, the, the I, I lose the energy for it, mm. you know? So I'll keep participating if people still need to get off or whatever, but I lose that energy for it and I'm not as interested in it. You got to catch me on the next go round, <laughs> you know? Um, but, but definitely for my fucking pleasure. Yeah, because I was just like, I think you're in, well, I'm in my mind about it so much because it's trying to be like, that just seems so daunting to make sure the penises are getting it, but I'm getting mine. So it's like, this is about me. Like, it's I think a lot of fl- it's a lot of fluffing, trust. It's called fluffing. It's a lot of that. And so that's the part that becomes frustrating for me. It's not the fact that I'm doing it, it is that I'm doing it and then your body isn't responding appropriately <laughs> you know what i'm saying i ain't sucking your dick to waste my time okay <laughs> and i don't need a toothpick so get it together or beat it you know it kind of it becomes like that like this is not the situation where we're gonna relax and i'm gonna suck you off and then we're gonna talk and we're gonna figure things out and give you a moment now's the moment now. now's the moment you have to seize the moment and if you can't seize the moment then it's just not for you at that time gotcha but it's definitely definitely more about my sexual pleasure yours okay that makes sense of putting yours at the center of it it doesn't yeah daunting like because sometimes i don't even know who the people are so and i don't care i don't care about your feelings <laughs> 
but you call just yourself. Just be glad to be here. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Look, you call yourself a dope ass unicorn on Instagram. And so you said you had your first unicorn experience. For people listening, unicorn is usually when a woman, a couple picks a woman, right? Like you're a unicorn. So do you prefer, because I get this question a lot on the podcast. Do you prefer to be the unicorn or do you prefer to be in the couple? I prefer the unicorn. Okay. I prefer being me and them desiring me. Me, likewise, desiring them. I can fuck on them. They can fuck on me. And I can go by my day. Right? So, and I, But I enjoy that. I enjoy when, especially when, you know, two people are, you know, really connected. You know, they're really bonded to one another. And it doesn't have to be marriage. But they're just really bonded to one another. And they want to include me in their sex. Hmm you know, in their lovemaking, you know, and when they both desire me, when the woman is, you know, bisexual and she is equally intrigued and equally, you know, into it, then it just makes it that much better for me. It's, it's, it's probably one of my better, uh, sexual situations to be the third to a couple. The other shit is fun too. Um, like I said, you know, a DP is, is amazing as well. Um, but that aspect of it is probably my favorite thing to do. Um, yeah. So my first unicorn experience basically describes, um, my, the very first time that I had sex with a couple. So it wasn't the first time I had sex with two people. Yeah. Because I had already had threesomes and, you know, this guy I'm fucking and some girl he's fucking or, you know, we all fuck. Like, OK, that's that's great. Right. But fucking two people who love each other is a little different. And it's right? about being special, like being the person invited in. Right. Like. <laughs> mm-hmm. I always say, like, I have been selected as the unicorn a few times. The one time I finally agreed to do it, the wife got pregnant and they were like, they called it off. And I was like, oh, I was looking forward to that. <laughs> I was like, look at you out here impregnating bitches. I thought you <laughs> like the first time you did it, your wife got pregnant. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> look at you out here impregnating motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, I just feel like, oh, that's, like I'm, I feel special. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does. It does feel, um, I guess, special in a way that two people want to share that experience with me. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored to be able to help enhance their sex lives. You know, and yeah. because a lot of times. They don't particularly that they might want to find a woman that they both are into. And it's not that easy if you're looking for a certain build or certain complexion or whatever the case may be. Right. And then for two people to be equally attracted to you, like get her. We got to get her, you know, and I described one of those experiences, like my very first experience with a couple in the book. 
Um, and it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. You talk about, you wrote, look, y'all gotta get the book. Um, let me fuck your husband. You are also a relationship coach who tries to help people choose, you know, step away from the traditional, traditional. Not try. I do. Okay. They step away from traditional normalized monogamy. And I think this has been growing in popularity. A couple of years ago, I had Kenya Stevens on. She was talking about she had two husbands and a boyfriend and a, a sugar daddy. And I think when her post went viral, it was like, damn, okay, I got to have this black lady come talk about this. And it was, right. I think my key takeaway from her was people who are in monogamous relationships feel like you have ownership over your person. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. ever since she said that, that has stuck with me because I even say it when I say, like, it's my person. That's my this. That's my that. Um, mm-hmm. Possession. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. very hard to... Well, I say to unfuck people. your mind. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. it seems, it makes sense. Like, if you're saying, I have this person who fulfills me in this way, but this person fulfills me in this way, like, why are we putting so much pressure on one person? On one person to be everything at all times for you. It's yeah. an impossible feat. And that's why people end up unhappy and miserable because when you're locked into that monogamous situation, you don't have the option to find someone that you can talk to while you're married to this other person. You can't find someone to fulfill you sexually because your, you know, woman, uh, you know, doesn't really like to have sex that much or doesn't like to give head or doesn't like to fuck, get fucked in the ass or is it open to having sex with women or, you know, the guy's dick is not really that big and she desires to really get gang banged or to have... or monogamy doesn't leave room for any of that it's me and you babe that's it (laughs) it's a great song but that's it and when when problems arise monogamy does not provide the tools or the um the the proper disposition or mindset to prepare you for when those things break down it's cool at first Right, y'all stuck on each other, me and you, me, you, me, you, me, you, and then just like a pair of shoes or your favorite vacation spot or your new house, everything gets old. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you don't love it anymore. It doesn't mean that you don't want to wear those shoes or you don't want to go there anymore. You just don't want to go there all the time. <laughs> and could you imagine wearing the same pair of shoes every fucking day of your life? That's so boring. Not at all. You'd rather be barefoot. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck it, I got these feet. They're going to work. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but the expectation is that you are committed till death do you part, till death do you part with this one person. And that's it. So what is consensual non-monogamy? Like, what does that mean? Because some people will be like, that just sound like a lot of words. But like, what does that mean in practice? It just means that all the parties who are involved are consenting to whatever it is that you all are agreed upon. You know, so consensual non-monogamy, consensual obviously means that I'm giving consent. And then non-monogamy means that you're doing something besides monogamy. 
And once you once you bypass it, you're not in a monogamous relationship. The possibilities are endless of where you can go in your relationship. You know, because no relationship is the same. Maybe he only allows this or she only allows this or when he wants that or they want this or they. There's so, but that's up to the two people involved to decide if he wants to be, you know, uh, only emotionally non-monogamous where he just needs another woman or man to talk to, um, or hang out with, or because you like to be at home, then that's what it is. And, and if, if she's consenting to sex with, you know, this woman, but I don't want you out here fucking eight and I, I need you to have a girlfriend then that's consensual non-monogamy. Or maybe she doesn't want him to have a girlfriend. Maybe she doesn't even want him to have any emotional attachment. You go get the pussy and you get back home. (laughs) Kind of thing. I like what you just said because I think people not knowing what they don't know and not knowing what this is and it's new and scary um, and new. Um, I think people, and some people take advantage of the ignorance that some people don't have and not to your point, you said earlier, read and educate yourself. Like what is this? Exactly. What you just said is like the consensual part is we're agreeing to what can happen here. <laughs> right. So it's not one party just gets to go rogue and be out here doing whatever. No. Right. It's like we sat down and had a conversation in this, this many, many conversations. Yes. Many because you're not going to come to uh, certain agreements or establish certain boundaries by having one or two conversations. It happens through a multitude of conversations and through tears and through laughter and through understanding. Like you have to be willing to not just listen to your partner, but you must be willing to understand where your partner sits because it's not about you. And it may not be something that, you know, you know, because even people think that consensual means that we are doing the exact same thing. If you're having sex with two women, then I should be having sex with two men. Mm. Right. But they don't have to be the same thing. She might be okay with just being home. Maybe she just wants to be told when you're doing stuff. So that way she's aware that eases her mind, but you have to come home at night. I don't really like you to sleep over with these women. I need you to come home and sleep next to me when you're done. These are things that they're consenting to. These are the things that they're agreeing upon. And these are the boundaries that are being set. So that's another thing that I do. And in my lifestyle coaching um, uh, sessions is teach people how to create these boundaries, teach Mm -hmm. people how to come to these agreements, because, you know, at first it can start off with a bunch of arguing or it can start off with a bunch of hurt feelings. Like you really don't enjoy when I do X, Y, Z, or you really think that you're really missing that. I didn't know that, you know, but when you are afraid to lose your partner because you're being truthful, you're never going to be honest. You're always going to pretend like you're satisfied or you're, or you're you're happy, right? When then inside or when, when I get these women alone in some of these sessions and they tell me the truth about how they really feel, like I would love to be able to enjoy another man, but I could never tell my husband that. He'd follow me around everywhere. He'd never be comfortable. He'd probably ask me, for divorce because I wanted another man, but I love him and I don't want to lose him. How can I have my needs fulfilled without cheating? Right? Because that's usually the route that people take. 
Yeah. <laughs> when they're unhappy and they can't be honest with their partners, they cheat. And that's why I under, like, I, I'm not one of those people, like, when I hear, when I hear women, like, really go in on, you know, um, men who cheat, um, I'm just saying to myself, like, of course he's cheating. He's only fucking you. (laughs) And like, and you just sat here and said that you don't even like, you know, to get you know come in your hair or you only like to suck dick on his birthday or on a, of course he's cheating on you i would cheat on you <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> so so people they really just need to um what should they need to they must they must try to understand where their partner sits and accept them at that point and then try to figure out how to work through the relationship from there. And so if a couple, do you have to be hired by the couple or is it just one person who maybe if someone's listening to this, like, you know, I'm, I'm hired. I am hired by whomever wants to be coached. Gotcha. I'm hired by single women, single men. I'm hired by a, a woman who's in a relationship with a guy. She doesn't know how to tell him the truth about herself. I'm hired by a man who is trying to get his two female partners to come to an understanding about, you know, the hierarchy of the relationship or, you know, whatever the case may I am hired by them all. And I don't judge. It's not my place to judge. And that's the difference between me and, say, a traditional relationship coach. Because if a a man or a couple goes to a a regular therapist or um, a relationship coach and they say that they're having these problems because his girlfriend is X, Y, Z, the therapist immediately is going to say, it's the girlfriend that's the problem. Why are you doing that? You should try to figure out how to work things out amongst yourselves without including these other people. And it's like, no, that's actually the thing that we want to do. We're trying to make that work. That's the problem that we can't make that person work. Right. And so I'm not, I don't do that. I try to figure out where everybody is, what the problems are and how can we fix them with the situation that you have. Now, if it doesn't work, if it's just plain, it's just not going to work. I say that too. Like y'all motherfuckers not supposed to be together. Period. And would you say this? I'm just curious. Like, is it more or more of your clients women or men? I'm just curious. Men. Mm. Men because women have such a hard time letting go of the sex love connection mm-hmm. because they're so afraid of losing their position or their place or the love of a man that they see as their own. And if he's having sex and that he's enjoying other sex or sex with other women, they're afraid of what that means for them. Is he going to like her more than me and leave me for this woman? And so a lot of men really, I mean, you should, 
no matter where I go, oh my God, I really need you to talk to my girlfriend. Or I really, I really just want you to talk to my wife because she just cannot understand that it's not about emotion for me. Mm. I just like variety. And that is what keeps me home. That's what keeps me honest. The ability to tell her that I need a change tonight. I need something different this week. And for her to say, yes, that's okay. And to really be okay. Not when I'm walking out the door, she's bawling her eyes out or she's (laughs) trying to start a fight with me because these things actually happen. And it's not just women do that. Men do it too. Mm-hmm. Oh, men do it too. And, and sometimes it's worse for women because see a man, it's, it's more common for a man to want variety It's yeah. less common. At least, you know, people think for women to want variety when the like truth the is, is that plenty of women want variety. Mm-hmm. They want variety, but they have less of an opportunity to really express that desire to their men. Because if a man, especially if the man is the reason why you're, you know, a man asks for a woman's hand in marriage, it's not the other way around. So men control whether or not we're in relationships or marriages or not, not women. Yeah. Right. Cause I don't see too many women getting down on one knee asking for a man's hand in marriage. Fuck that. Right. Yeah, no. So start talking <laughs> about these, these roles, right. You know, women aren't doing that. You know, I mean, to each his own. If that's what you want to do, then do that, right? I'm not saying that only a man should do it. I'm saying that typically it's the man who's asking for the woman's hand in marriage and a woman is waiting for a man to ask her for her hand in marriage, right? And so Mm -hmm. she cannot feel comfortable going to her man and saying, babe, I'd really like to suck another dick. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know I couldn't, I can't even think of a man that I've been with that I could do that. And the reception would be like, sure, babe, let's work this out. And and that's, that's one of the other problems. The other problem that we face as both men and women is that we keep going to the same places looking for the wrong kind of love. Right. If you are a non-monogamous, why are you fucking around with this with these monogamous people? Mm-hmm. And then trying to conform them into non-monogamy. Of course, you're going to have a hard time. But we want what we want, right? And so, if you if he sees that woman and she's everything that he needs her to be, except she's not bisexual. Oh, yeah. Now yeah. he's trying to conform her and convert her into bisexuality. And she's like, I'm never going to lick a pussy. No matter what you do, I'm not going to lick a pussy. Like, you know? And then he now he's mad or now he's cheating because he wants to have threesomes. So he's got his two chicks on the side that he can fuck together. And his wife isn't the wiser. Mm. So why, why put yourself in that situation? Why not find the person that really can be your person? 100%. And you can live the happier life. And you can live that life openly and freely. You don't have to be conniving and deceitful. You don't have to be that. I I speak about one of those such couples in my book where, you know, um, the husband, you know, he had cheated on all his other 
all his other in all his other relationships. He was married before, cheated on her, and after they got divorced, he was like, "I'm done. I'm done pretending like I'm happy or content with one woman. So the next woman I get with, I'm going to tell her that I need variety." Mm-hmm. And, that's and I can respect did. that. I respect Yeah, that it's super more. respectful. Yeah. Why wouldn't you respect that? And yeah. he was willing to lose her because they had been dating for a while. They were falling for each other. And he decided to wait until he knew that she could be somebody that he could spend his life with. And so when he dropped it on her, like, you know, I love you, but I'm going to need some other pussy from time to time. She was hurt, feeling, you know, uh, uh, unloved and not feeling like she was enough and all those things, right? But when he expre- explained it to her um, that it's not you. you. You are everything I desire, but I also desire other things. You can't be other things. You can only be you. And I don't want you to be other things. I want you to be you, but I desire other women and i need to tell you that because i'm going to get other women and so if you're not okay with that then we probably shouldn't move forward in this relationship and it took some time and again some conversations and eventually she was like let's see how this works because she was already falling for him she was already feeling him she was already seeing how they could you know, you know, spend their lives together and they're still together. They've been married seven years now. They're still together. Yeah. I think it's part of it is just, um, what you said originally, not caring about what people want. And we have each have the ability to craft the life that we want to live, right? There's no rules. You can figure this shit out and you can find some type of situation that works for you. And it might not be like anybody else's in your life. That you it know, doesn't have to be. But it's and yours. It and, and that's the problem. We got to stop trying to have relationships that we think other people are having because you know what the fuck people are doing in their homes. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't know what they are, what they've agreed to or what they're really doing, especially if they're not sharing it with you. Mm-hmm. you you're looking at the out, you know, from the outside saying oh my god they're so great together like will and jada and you don't know (laughs) you don't know what kind of relationship they have it's been rumored that they have a non-monogamous relationship i think Mm -hmm. they've even stated that they have a non-traditional relationship Mm -hmm. call it whatever you want to call it but they're but they're happy with what they're doing. But if you're looking at the Will and Jada together with the kids and a home and the celebrity and all that, and they're doing it. They're happy. You don't know why they're happy. Don't assume that they're happy in a monogamous relationship. Because you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. Look, this has been amazing. We're about to wrap up. I'm going okay. to do the breakdown down. So I'm going to say a word. And you can say the first thing to come to mind. It's kind of like a recap almost. Um, okay. Let me say the first thing that comes around: sound, phrase, word, whatever. Orgy. Dick. Orgasms. Lots of dick. <laughs> Black women. Beautiful. Unicorns. Liberated. Self-discovery. 
I should have stayed liberated for that. Because that <laughs> is liberating as fuck. <laughs> liberating as fuck. Monogamy. Not for me. And last one, swinging. We didn't talk about that much, but swinging. Uh, one of my favorite pastimes. <laughs> so, Sahark, if you could tell everyone where they can find out more about your coaching services, where they can follow you on social media, and where they can purchase your book. So, on um, social media, I am Dope Ass Unicorn, spelled exactly with the words that they sound like. People are like, how do you spell that? Dope ass unicorn. Um, I'm also dope ass unicorn, except someone stole my name before I got on Twitter. So it's three S's on Twitter. I am also um, Sahar Taylor, S-A-H-A-R Taylor on Facebook. I am also, my website is sahartaylor.com. Through there, you can um, uh, book sessions for um, the lifestyle relationship coaching. You can also purchase my book. Um, eventually, I'm going to have um, more information, blogs, videos, like just a bunch of stuff. But I just had the website built, so it's new. Um, but you can right now go on to sahartella.com and you can reserve a clarity session, which is like the first free 30-minute session where I kind of get to understand where you are and what you need and, 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 you know, what you expect. Um, and then we go head on into, um, our coaching. Um, I coach singles, I coach, uh, couples and I coach polyforms and polyforms just means anything that falls underneath the non-monogamous umbrella. Um, but yeah, those are pretty much, Oh, let me fuck your husband. Healing black relationships through consensual non-monogamy can be found also on Amazon. So if you go to my Instagram page and click on my link tree, I have all the links there. Um, and also my new book, fuck monogamy, sexual freedom is the new normal is going to be coming out soon. And that one is going to include an audio book, which I will be. Which I will be narrating myself. Yes. yes. I'm actually practicing as I'm doing my edits. Um, but yeah, that's exciting. I can't wait. And I have a new podcast coming out um in a couple weeks, but I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> All right. Well, I will be sure to link those in the show notes and on the booniebreakdown.com. So Sahar, thank you so much. Thank you. It was nice meeting you finally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is it for this week's episode. I told you the conversation with Sahar was going to be amazing and dope. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope you took something away from it. I hope you're inspired to live a life that you want to live without the view or traps of society or anyone else puts on you. Be sure to follow her. Hit her up. She's a resource. She's a coach. She can help you navigate this new space. If you're partnered and you want to consider um, these different lifestyle choices, be sure to hit her up and follow her, support, and grab her book as well. Also, be sure to support our sponsor, Dane Products. You can use the code ABUNI10. That's Boonie10 over at DaneProducts.com to save 10% on your purchase there. And before we wrap up, what could possibly be toted as the most wonderful day of the year is today. 
March 14th. You're probably maybe sitting here wondering what is the importance of this day? And if you are, then I need to bring you on over to the ratchet side. Today is none other than the National Steak and Blowjob Day. That's right. It is Steak and Blowjob Day. So ladies and some gents, get ready. This is the time for you to put in that motherfucking work as a thank you. As a thank you for your man. No worries, fellas. You know, they've made it easy for you. It's no point in guessing at what they want. It is explicitly stated in the name of the fucking day. So don't try to be a woman and reinterpret the meaning of the day. Turn it into something else. I'm going to get him flowers. No, 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 no. Sis, simply give your man, boo, or whoever, a fucking damn steak dinner and a blowjob. That's it. (laughs) if you don't want to cook take them to a nice steakhouse if you on a budget because gas is high as fuck you can go to outback that's right outback you know gas is just high as fuck could be affecting your discretionary income i understand being broke and cute and so for the ladies who want to go the extra mile you can cook a nice steak dinner at home it's very simple you can google a few recipes gordon ramsay's is always easy if you have a nice cast iron skillet And for the blowjob portion of the evening, well, if you've been following me for a while, you know I share my thoughts there, right? I'm going to leave you with one parting thought. Suck that dick with enthusiasm. Reach deep down into your soul. Channel your inner superhead, your inner porn star, whoever you need to do. Relax those jaws. Drink a nice glass of water. And get the hell to fucking work. I hope you enjoy your holiday, fellas. (laughs) Ladies, don't fuck it up. All right. Enjoy March 14th. Oh, and remember, the ratchet in me honors the motherfucking ratchet in you. Ho my stay bitches. All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to listen and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or any apps that you listen to your favorites on. Don't forget to leave those five-star reviews over on Apple Podcasts, too. You might just hear your review on the next episode. Follow us on all social media, social, social, but social media. Share the episode with those you love, those you don't love, those you fucking hate. I don't make these pretty images and audiograms for nothing, okay? Have a dope-ass week. Stay healthy, safe, and sane. I hope you're gobbling on a dick today. Thank you for listening. And remember, again, the ratchet in me always honors the ratchet in you. Homaste. Until next time.